Welcome to Midday Prayer for Saturday, September 24th, 2022. Our help is in the name of the Lord, Maker of heaven and earth. Give thanks to the Lord, who is good, who alone does great wonders, who made the sun to rule the day. God's steadfast love endures forever. Praise the Lord. The Lord's name be praised. Psalm 149. Hallelujah! Sing to the Lord a new song, God's praise in the assembly of the faithful. Let Israel rejoice in their Maker, let the children of Zion be joyful in their ruler. Let them praise their Maker's name with dancing, let them sing praise with tambourine and harp. For the Lord takes pleasure in the people, and adorns the poor with victory. Let the faithful rejoice in triumph, let them sing for joy on their beds. Let the praises of God be in their throat and a two-edged sword in their hand to wreak vengeance on the nations and punishment on the peoples, to bind their kings in chains and their nobles with links of iron, to inflict on them the judgment decreed. This is glory for all God's faithful ones. Hallelujah. God, our Maker, you crown the humble with honor and exalt the faithful who gather in your name. Because you have favored us with life, we dance before you in our joy and praise you with unending song for the victory of Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. A reading from the book of Esther. Now in the twelfth month, which is the month of Adar, on the thirteenth day, when the king's command and edict were about to be executed, on the very day when the enemies of the Jews hoped to gain power over them, but that had been changed to a day when the Jews would gain power over their foes, the Jews gathered in their cities throughout all the provinces of King Ahasuerus to kill those who had sought their ruin, and no one could withstand them, because the fear of them had fallen upon all peoples. All the officials of the provinces, the satraps and the governors, and the royal officials were supporting the Jews because the fear of Mordecai had fallen upon them. For Mordecai was powerful in the king's palace, and his fame spread throughout all the provinces, because the man Mordecai was growing more and more powerful. So the Jews struck down all their enemies with the sword, slaughtering and destroying them, and did as they pleased to those who hated them. In the citadel of Susa, the Jews killed and destroyed five hundred people. They killed Parshandatha, Dalphon, Aspatha, Paratha, Adalia, Eridatha, Parmashta, Arasai, Aradai, and Vizatha, the ten sons of Haman, son of Hamadatha, the enemy of the Jews. But they did not touch the plunder. That very day, the number of those killed in the city of citadel of Susa was reported to the king. The king said to Queen Esther, In the citadel of Susa, the Jews have killed and destroyed five hundred people and the ten sons of Haman. What have they done in the rest of the king's provinces? Now what is your petition? It shall be granted you. And what further is your request? It shall be fulfilled. Esther said, If it pleases the king, let the Jews who are in Susa be allowed tomorrow also to do according to this day's edict, and let the ten sons of Haman be hung on the pole. So the the king commanded this to be done. 
a decree was issued in Susa, and the ten sons of Haman were hung. The Jews who were in Susa gathered also on the fourteenth day of the month of Adar, and they killed three hundred persons in Susa, but they did not touch the plunder. Now the other Jews who were in the king's provinces also gathered to defend their lives and gained relief from their enemies, and killed seventy-five thousand of those who hated them, but they laid no hands on the plunder. This was on the thirteenth day of the month of Adar, and on the fourteenth day they rested and made that a day of feasting and gladness. But the Jews who were in Susa gathered on the thirteenth day and on the fourteenth, and rested on the fifteenth day, making that a day of feasting and gladness. Therefore the Jews of the villages, who live in the open towns, hold the fourteenth day of the month of Adar as a day for gladness and feasting, a holiday on which they send gifts of food to one another. Mordecai recorded these things, and sent letters to all the Jews who were in all the provinces of King Ahasuerus, both near and far, enjoining them that they should keep the fourteenth day of the month Adar, and also the fifteenth day of the same month, year by year, as the days on which the Jews gained relief from their enemies, and as the month that had been turned for them from sorrow into gladness, and from mourning into a holiday." that they should make them days of feasting and gladness, days for sending gifts of food to one another, and presents to the poor. So the Jews adopted as a custom what they had begun to do, as Mordecai had written to them. For Haman, son of Hamadatha the Agagite, the enemy of all the Jews, had plotted against the Jews to destroy them, and had cast poor, that is, the lot, to crush and to destroy them. But when Esther came before the king, he gave orders in writing that the wicked plot that he had devised against the Jews should come upon his own head, and that he and his sons should be hung on the pole. Therefore these days are called Purim, from the word pure. Thus, because of all that was written in this letter, and of what they had faced in this matter, and of what had happened to them, the Jews established and accepted as a custom for themselves and their descendants and all who joined them that without fail they would continue to observe these two days every year, as it was written and at the time appointed. These days should be remembered and kept throughout every generation, in every family, province, and city, and these days of Purim should never fall into disuse among the Jews nor should the commemoration of these days cease among their descendants. Queen Esther, daughter of Abihail, along with Mordecai the Jew, gave full written authority confirming this second letter about Purim. Letters were sent wishing peace and security to all the Jews, to the 127 provinces of the kingdom of Ahasuerus, and giving orders that these days of Purim should be observed at their appointed seasons, as Mordecai the Jew and Queen Esther enjoined on the Jews, just as they had laid down for themselves and for their descendants regulations concerning their fasts and their lamentations. The command of Esther fixed these practices of Purim, and it was recorded in writing. The Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Introduction to the Westminster Standards 
1643, the English House of Commons adopted an ordinance calling for the settlement of the government and liturgy of the Church of England in a manner most agreeable to God's holy word and most apt to procure the peace of the Church at home and nearer abroad. After the ordinance passed the House of Lords, an assembly to accomplish this work convened in Westminster Abbey. The Parliament nominated 151 persons to the assembly. Thirty were members of Parliament, the other were learned, godly, and judicious divines. Five Scottish clergymen were in attendance and had the right of discussion, but not vote. Churches in Holland, Belgium, France, Switzerland, and the American colonies were invited to send delegates, though none came. The assembly held 1,163 sessions, finally concluding in 1649. The Westminster Assembly conducted its work in a crisis atmosphere. Internal conflicts had nearly torn apart both England and the English Church. Political and religious problems were inseparable. Who should rule the Church? Who should rule the state? What power should the king have? What power Parliament, local councils, and assemblies? The Anglican party stood for royal rule in England with a sovereign also head of the Church's government. The Presbyterian party sought to vest authority in elected representatives of the people, both in Parliament and in Church presbyteries. An emerging third party, soon led by Oliver Cromwell, wanted local autonomy for churches and limited powers for both king and parliament. Even before the assembly met, civil war broke out between the contending parties. But the assembly went to work and eventually completed the form of Presbyterian church government, a directory of public worship, the confession of faith, the larger catechism, and the shorter catechism. Each document was approved by the English Parliament, which asked the Assembly to add scriptural proofs. Cromwell's ascendancy precipitated the end of the Assembly. In 1648, Pride's purge forcibly excluded Presbyterian members from Parliament. With the execution of King Charles I in 1649, English Puritanism split into Presbyterians, who protested the regicide, and Independents, who supported it and aligned themselves with Cromwell. In 1647, the Scottish General Assembly adopted the Westminster Standards for use in the Kirk, replacing the Scots Confession of 1560 and the Heidelberg Catechism. The Standards came to New England with the Puritans, Independents, and to the Middle Atlantic states with the Scotch-Irish Presbyterians. In 1729, the Standards were adopted as the confessional position of the newly organized Presbyterian Synod in the colonies, and have played a formative role in American Presbyterianism ever since. The Westminster Standards represent the fruits of a Protestant scholasticism that refined and systematized the teachings of the Reformation. The Standards lift up the truth and authority of the Scriptures, as immediately inspired in Hebrew and Greek, kept pure in all ages, and known through the internal witness of the Holy Spirit. Divine sovereignty and double predestination are also emphasized. In appealing to Scripture to formulate a covenant theology, the Standards had important implications for political thought and practice, reminding both ruler and people 
of their duties to God and to each other. Introduction to the Westminster Confession of Faith The Westminster Confession affirms God's work from its beginning in creation to its end in resurrection and last judgment. God is first, last, and preeminent in all things. God's people are to understand and bring their lives into accord with God's wondrous ways and magnificent will. The confession begins with God's self-revelation in Scripture. God is the one living and true God, infinite in being and perfection, invisible, immutable, immense, eternal, incomprehensible, almighty, most wise, most holy, most free, most absolute. Out of nothing, God created all that is, including humans, whom God upholds, directs, and governs. Humans, however, did not remain in blessed harmony with God's will. Sin's intervention, which God permitted but did not cause, resulted in corruption of the human condition and of humans' relationship to God. Yet God has made a covenant of grace with humans. Through Christ, relationship to God is restored. The Christian life, nurtured by prayer, preaching, and the sacraments, and lived in grace and glory, prepares for God's predetermined end of mercy, salvation of the elect, and of justice, damnation of the reprobate. A prayer of Julian of Norwich, circa 1342-1416. In you, Father Almighty, we have our preservation and our bliss. In you, Christ, we have our restoring and our saving. You are our mother, brother, and Savior. In you, our Lord the Holy Spirit is marvelous and plenteous grace. You are our clothing, for in love you wrap us and embrace us. You are our maker, our lover, our keeper. Teach us to believe that by your grace all shall be well, and all shall be well, and all manner of things shall be well. Amen. A prayer for caregivers to those experiencing dementia. God, our refuge and strength, our present help in trouble, care for those who tend the needs of this person. Strengthen them in body and spirit. Refresh them when weary. Console them when anxious. Comfort them in grief and hearten them in discouragement. Lord of peace, be with us all and give us peace at all times and in every way. Amen. Holy God, by the grace of your Spirit, may these prayers be more than words. Teach us to pray without ceasing, that your will may be done in our lives, to the glory of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. 
The God of peace be with us. Amen. Bless the Lord. The Lord's name be praised.